Good stuff. How many of you are fasting something along the way? I didn't get to see the hands. Yay, praise God. Good stuff. Woo, rock on. Day three. <laughs> uh, day three. So it's, for some reason yesterday, I thought I was almost done. And then I was like, oh, hold on. This is only day two. It's good stuff. Let's just pray. Father, we love you. We worship you. And I thank you, Father, that we're here today to honor you, to lift you up, to praise your name, and to worship you, Father, to hear from you. I thank you, Father, that you speak to us, not, Father, just the words that I say, but you speak to us by your Spirit. I thank you, Father, that our ears are open to hear and that our eyes are open to see. Father, show us something we've never seen before. Father, teach us something and tell us something we've never heard before. We thank you, Father, for the strength and the courage to put the things to practice that we hear tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. I don't know what you're fasting or what you're doing. I know my son wanted to fast like Brussels sprouts or something. I said, I don't know that that's even really true or else I'm fasting all the time because I've never eaten a Brussels sprout so I, I'm not real sure if that counts but uh, Pastor Bill said he was on vacation uh, he's in Florida at the moment and he's gonna fast uh, mushrooms or something so he wanted to let you know he is he stuck to that and he's, he's done a really good job not having any mushrooms uh, I'm sure he's had plenty of fish though since he's been in Florida uh the scripture that God gave me for this year, we said it on Sunday, and I just wanted to read it again. It's in Ephesians, and it's chapter 5. It's verses 15 through 17, and I, I've been reading it out of the New Living Testament. But it says, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but live like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Or in the New King James, it says, understand what the will of the Lord is. And at the beginning or the, the middle of last year, it was somewhere around September maybe, I was at a conference and a, a class that I'm taking, some graduate work, and uh, this gentleman, Dr. Rutland from ORU, was, was sharing, and, and he was talking just to pastors for the most part, people in ministry, and he said, you know, the, the, number, one, the number one thing that not just uh, pastors but believers need in their life is, is the gift of discernment, uh, to be able to know uh, what's happening and what's going on. And uh, that, that, that sparked something on the inside of me. And, you know, you hear things, and I began to pray that that would be, that would be revelation and truth in my life, that I, that I would begin to, to be able to discern. And it's not hearing God's voice. Discernment is depicting God's voice. Discernment is choosing the difference, being able to, to draw a line between. You know, the world is full of voices, and uh, they're, you're constantly being bombarded by stuff. The number one thing I hear from people is, I don't, know how, I don't know if this is God or not God. Well, discernment, you know what is God and what isn't God. Discernment of people's motives. When you talk about the gifts of discernment out of, out of the Corinthians, you know, that's just talking about the fact that, that you have the ability to discern what's going on in somebody's life. We'll talk about that over the next few Wednesday nights as we share about discernment. But I, I began to pray, and, and I always buy something. We buy something for the staff for for Christmas, and uh, many times it's a book, and last year we went through, I think, Sun Stand Still, and this year I, I, I had this book on my shelf and gone through it a little bit uh, a few years ago, and it's a Jensen Franklin book, Right People, Right Place, Right Plan, and when I just, I mean, I just picked it up, and then it said, discerning the voice of God. <laughs> you know, God knows what he's doing, and he kind of begins to put things together, and so I bought that, gave it to the staff, and, and, and I believe uh, we're going to have a bunch of them in the bookstore too for like 10 bucks uh, Sunday maybe, but uh, maybe Sunday or, or by next Wednesday for sure. So if you want to pick one up, you can. Uh, we're going to go through some of the stuff that's in the book. Some of the stuff is from Determining Divine Direction. 
in VBI, learning to hear and discern the voice of the Holy Spirit. And then some of it's just stuff that God's just been showing me lately. And as we begin and as, and as we start down this path, uh, discernment is, is the ability to, to pick between good and evil, if you will. To pick between the right and the wrong. Or to pick between the real voices or the fake voices. I've told you before, and you've probably heard this, every time I get on a plane, I hear that it's going to crash. How do I know to get on that plane? Because I have learned not just to hear God's voice, but I've learned to discern the difference between his and the enemy's. And so I know when the enemy's lying, I know when what I'm hearing or what I'm feeling isn't right, and I know when I hear correctly and I feel correctly. And that's a maturity thing. And we're going to talk a little bit about discernment today, but we're going to start with the point in the, in the piece that says, you have to, I have to, be able to hear the voice of God. I have to be able to be led by the Spirit if I'm ever going to be somebody who walks in discernment. We all need wisdom. You're asking God for wisdom. I'm asking God for wisdom. The person next to you is asking God for wisdom. We're fasting because we're believing God for breakthrough or wisdom or direction in our life or maybe it's a financial thing or whatever it might be. You know, you're putting those things on paper and believing God for them. We all have questions, but I'll tell you this. He has an answer. And it doesn't matter how big the question is, and it doesn't matter how small the question is. God has an answer for your question. He doesn't always tell us in the way that we would prefer. He doesn't always show us in the way that we would prefer. But I'm telling you, as you draw close to him, you'll begin to learn not just to hear his voice, but you'll begin to to learn to discern by the Spirit everywhere that you go. The ability to discern comes from knowing the Word and knowing Jesus. The ability to discern comes from knowing the Word and knowing Jesus. The closer you are to Him, the easier it is for you to discern truth. When people just come to Christ and then they hear a message like this that says, Man, you can, you can discern between good and evil and between all, you can hear God's voice and all these things. They're, they're taken aback a little bit. Well, they're brand new believers. And the closer you get to Jesus, the closer you get to him, the more you know his word, the easier it is to discern because he is sharing with you and speaking with you by the Holy Spirit and what he says lines up with his word. And so the closer you you draw to him, the easier it is to understand the leading of the Holy Spirit. The easier it is for us as believers to be able to discern. I think part of the problem is most of the people that have the most desperate questions, many times, are farthest away from God. And so as you're trying to lead them down that path and they're trying to make a decision, they they almost drive themselves crazy because they, they, they can't figure out what God wants them to do. They want to open up the Bible and be able to have a scripture that says, you know, move to this city or do this thing or marry this guy or what, you know, whatever it is. It doesn't work that way. You draw close to God and then God begins to show you, God begins to speak to you. I've been praying in a way that we all understand. We'll talk next week about still small voice and a little bit more quiet way that God leads his believers. But in John 10, verses 3 through 5, We need wisdom, and he speaks to us. And it says that the gatekeeper opens the gate, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. 
When he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. My dog knows the sound of my car. When I, when I drive in the driveway, when Daniel comes home at whatever time Daniel comes home, we don't know, but he's there in the morning when we wake up many times. When he comes home, the dogs don't bark. They know the sound of his car. You, you need to know the voice of God that closely. Then that helps you discern. Because you get in these moments and these opportunities and maybe you have two choices or maybe you're faced with something that seems right but doesn't feel right on the inside of you. You have to be able to discern between that. Is this right or is this wrong? Well, when you know the voice of God and you know the leading of the Holy Spirit, the, the, the closer you are to him, the easier it is to make this choice because you know his voice, you know his leading. And it says the sheep follow him because they know his voice. It goes on and says, but they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Discernment, discernment really is the ability to distinguish, the ability to distinguish. It's the acuteness of judgment or understanding. That means acuteness is sharpness of judgment and understanding. I don't want to say it makes you wiser than the average bear, but, but, but with discernment and with the leading of the Holy Spirit comes wisdom. You know, Solomon asked, that's what he asked about. Pastor Pam shared about this. I think a Sunday, a Sunday ago, past this, a week ago this last Sunday, she shared about discernment and shared about Solomon. And, and as God was speaking to Solomon, he could say, you can have whatever you want. I think many times we just want an answer. I mean, we're not, we're not asking for the world. We're not asking for much. We just say, God, I just, I just want an answer. God spoke to Solomon and said, you can have whatever you want. What is it that you would like? And he said, I want understanding and a discerning heart. I need to know, as I judge and rule these people, what is right and what is wrong. That's what he asked for. And God said, since you were so humble to ask for just wisdom, understanding, and a discerning heart, I'll give you that and everything else. Now, it goes on and it says that there's not another one who will come after him who will be as wise. So I don't want to say that we're going to be more wise than Solomon. But I will tell you this, that we have the power of God alive on the inside of us. And we have the, the ability to make the right choice every time. We don't. We make mistakes. But we learn from our mistakes. And as we go forward in him, we don't make those mistakes anymore. How many of you learned something because you did everything perfectly right? How many of you have learned something because you have screwed up a lot of stuff? That's, that's me. Solomon came to, came, came to a point in his life where he was faced with not just one situation, but, but hundreds and thousands of situations that he had to judge, that he had to rule between. And he knew in his heart that he didn't have the ability to do that. You probably know in your heart that you don't have the ability to make the correct choice in all the situations and all the things that you face. And so he asked God for wisdom, understanding, and discerning heart. What are you asking God for? The wisdom and discerning and understanding, and that all comes from drawing close to him. We just want God to give us an answer. Make an arrow in the sky that points in the direction I'm supposed to go, right? 
have my dog talk to me, and I'll know that that's what I'm supposed to do. If, if God, if you want me to, this is what we say, God, if you want me to do this, then please have my cat get up on two feet and, and draw this with a ch- piece of chalk on the board so I, I can, un- if you do that, I will understand. Well, that, that's probably not going to happen. I mean, there was a talking donkey in the Bible, so I mean, I'm not going to say it's not going to happen, but don't bet your life on it, and don't wait to make a decision until you hear from your dog. Because I, I probably isn't gonna. It's probably not right. God wants to share His will. He wants to share His direction, and He wants to share His wisdom with you. We are not in the Old Testament. I am not the only person as the pastor of this church who can hear from God. Amen. Thank God. <laughs> but a long time ago, that's the way it was. He wants, to, he wants to speak to you. He wants to share with you. The enemy tries to drown out that voice. He, the enemy has, has, has made the, the world noisier and noisier and noisier. Not just in the natural with your ears, but spiritually too. You're bombarded with stuff. Wasn't like that 100 years ago. Wasn't like that five years ago. You didn't even think you would have a cell phone 10 years ago, let alone a computer that you would be able to hold in your hand and do everything with. What those things have done is they have stolen, in many instances, our attention. They've become more noise in our life. And it's very difficult to hear the still, small, quiet voice and leading of the Holy Spirit with all the noise and all the stuff going on. That's why we say, get alone with him. In this time of fasting, get alone with him. Take some time, a specific time, in a specific place with your journal. God will begin to pour things out. You won't even be able to write it down. It'll be coming so fast. Today, I just spent the the lunch hour in here praying for service and for you and people and all over the church. And I was was almost, I mean, I couldn't, I didn't know what to do. Should I go write the message down or should I just keep praying or what should I do? All these things, I didn't want to lose them. Why does that happen? Well, because we are setting ourselves aside in a fast to hear from God. And in this moment, I was spending that time seeking his face and communicating with him. And when we do that, he speaks to us. Now, when we go outside those doors, we go out into the world, we're in our workplace, I'm telling you, he speaks to us there too, but we have to be more aware of his voice than we are maybe in that quiet place. It's a little harder to hear. He wants to drown out the sound. He wants to drown out that feeling on the inside of you. We take our phones now. When we used to have time to sit and to meditate or whatever you want to call it, now we don't don't do that. We just pick up our phone and scroll through. What are you looking at? I don't know. Does it matter? Not a bit. But what is it doing? It's taking my attention. I'm not listening so much to the stuff that maybe God might want to hear me. Phil Cook says that it takes us from being creators to being consumers. You're not allowing that creative power to flow through you in those moments anymore. You're just consuming what's out there. God puts you in this earth to be a creator, not just a consumer. John 16, 13 says that the Holy Spirit... The Holy Spirit will speak to you, 
And, and he'll speak only what the Lord tells him to speak. And he'll tell you things to come. So when the spirit of truth has come, he'll guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. God wants to share his will. Open up our ears. We're going to talk a little bit here about, how, well, then how do I draw close and how do I listen? That's what I want to know. Before we start talking about discerning between these things, I just, I want to be able to hear his voice. I want to be able to know his leading. We all grow in this. I always share and teach. Ask God in the little things. Ask him to show you in the little things because there's going to be a day when you get on a plane and you might not should get on there. You need to know the difference between it or you're never going to fly anywhere. Learn in the little things. James 1.5 says wisdom comes from God. If any of you lacks wisdom, it says let him ask God and he will do what? He will give it to you liberally without reproach. So God, not only does, does he speak, he spoke into the world and it said, and the world was formed. He, he spoke into to the world and there was grass and he spoke into the world and there were animals and he spoke into the world and then he formed Adam from the dust of the ground and he blew into his nostrils life. But his voice as he spoke, he hasn't stopped speaking. It's just easier for us now to hear him than it was for them because back in those days, the only the priest and the prophet. It gets back to that thing that says, I'm not, the, I'm not the only one that can hear from God. The priest and the prophet were the only ones that could hear from God. And so the kings, priests, and the prophets, they were important people, and everybody came to them to find out what God was saying. Even today in the New Testament church, we're all kings and priests. Many operate in the office of fivefold ministry of the prophet. But I am telling you, those words don't come to instruct us, to lead us, and to tell us which way to go that we haven't first heard ourselves somehow. Be careful. That those are things that, that, that you have, God has already been dealing with you, and then the prophet begins to speak a direction, begins to speak something to you. It's not like the old days. You have the Holy Spirit alive on the inside of you. They, people didn't want to hear God's voice. And we're not much different. Sometimes we ask him in the middle of all the Calgon moments when the dog's barking and everything's happening and the car's wrecking and all the sound's going and the TV's going. That's when we ask God, well, do we really want to hear? Or do we ask God in that moment where we steal away? And say, I need to hear your voice. In the Old Testament, they were scared of God. And so they kept telling him, don't talk to me, don't talk to me, don't talk to me. We don't want to hear from him. We don't want to hear from him. So the kings, the priests, and the prophets were the ones who hear from him. Then for 400 years, it went quiet, went dark. And then Jesus came into the earth. And then John came and said, behold, there comes one after me whose sandal strap I am not even worthy to carry. And God began to speak again into the earth. He began to speak again through Jesus in the earth. And then when Jesus died and he went to be with the Father, he gave us the Holy Spirit so that when we come to Christ, our spirit man is made brand new and alive. The real you. Corey shared a message on spirit, soul, and body. It's a great one. You need to check it out online. We're going to talk a little bit about that maybe on Sunday when we talk about staying on track in this year. But the spirit man comes alive. So now you are able, now you are able to hear from God. Not just to hear what the pastor says, not just to hear what the person on TV says, but you yourself are able to hear from God. 
And he wants to talk to you, and you need to listen. I know we say we're going to start with the small things, but some of you are going through very difficult situations, and you're going to come to a point where it's going to be a life or death situation, maybe, and you need to know. You need to know what God is saying. When I teach this in VBI, I get all kinds of things. That's what we pray in the beginning. God, begin to teach us, you know, to hear your voice, to learn, so we can begin to discern in situations what's right and wrong. And and then we come in and everybody begins to tell their stories before the class about all the the wrong things they they didn't do that week. Like all the things that God said to do and they didn't do. Yeah, God told me to turn left and I didn't turn left. And you know what? I got stuck by a train for an hour. You know, I was like, oh, well, that's, luckily it was just that. But, but that, you know, we begin to, you begin to put this to practice. You begin to assimilate the knowledge and the things that are in the Word. You begin to get closer with Jesus. You begin to hear His voice. He begins to lead you on the inside of you with that still small voice, that green light or red light. And you, be, you begin to like, oh, man. All of a sudden now you're starting to, to see things differently. Things feel differently to you. When you're, when you're presented with choices and things, you, you, God is pouring things into you. You're, you're, you're attend- your antenna is up. You are listening so today, our, you know, our message really is ready to listen. It's, it's tuning in. Are you tuning into what God is saying? Matthew 4, 4, the enemy was tempting Jesus. And Jesus said, man should not live by bread alone, but by what? Every word. Every word that departs from the mouth of God. It's Deuteronomy 8, 3 in the Old Testament. Every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Matthew 7, 11 just a little farther up in the book. Matthew 7, 11 says, before 11, it says, you guys are good people, and if your kids asked you for good things, would you give them bad things? No, we give them good things. How much more, it says, does your heavenly Father, in verse 11, love you? That if you ask for good things, I'm going to give you good things. That's right after it says, ask, seek, and knock. And it'll be answered to you, asked and answered. You seek me, you will find me. Jeremiah 29, 13. It says, if you search for me, or if you seek me with all of your heart, you will find me. He's not hiding. He says, ask, and it'll be answered. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it says the door will be open to you. And it's to a good place. He has your best interest at heart. Now, we're assuming some things here, not a lot, but we're assuming some things that you're born again, that you have Jesus alive on the inside of you. We had communion earlier, had an opportunity, people raised their hands, I'm born again, spirit man's alive on the inside of you. You are now in communication with God. Now you have the ability to hear from God. Now your internal compass is pointed, hopefully, in the right direction. In this book, he begins to share a story about the compass and how that came about and how it was a leaf floating in China thousands of years ago and somebody put a piece of iron on it and they watched the way that this thing always turned. They didn't really necessarily know north, south, east, or west in the moment, but they watched and saw that this thing turned the same way every time. Then from that little discovery came the compass and the compass is the thing that everybody used all the time to begin to, to find out where they are and where they're going. On the inside of you, your spirit man is that compass. Proverbs. There's a lot of scripture tonight. Proverbs 20, 27 says, The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. 
when I teach this in determining divine direction, I, 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 I literally, it's like, it's like I've got a lamp over my, and I'm walking down the path, and I, if I put the lamp back, I can't see a thing. But if I put my lamp out, I can see where I'm going. I can't see everything. I can't see five miles away, but I can see the next couple steps as I walk. That's what the Spirit of God does as He speaks to you in your life. Your spirit man begins to listen. Your spirit man begins to be led. And now you can begin to follow after God. Didn't it say in the very beginning that you hear his voice and you follow him? 1 Corinthians chapter 2. You have no hope of having spiritual discernment in your life outside of a relationship with Jesus. No hope. You begin to say some of this stuff to somebody that's not born again and you ask them to begin to ask the Spirit to speak to them and show them what's right, they won't have a clue as to what you're saying. They'll think you're crazy. Probably are, but not in that way. You know, I don't, I don't know everybody. Because spiritual truth, spiritual discernment is only discerned in you by the Spirit, your spirit man being alive. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10 through 14, For the Spirit searches all things, yes, even the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Basically saying, who knows what you're thinking other than you? I can't read your mind and I don't know. That's what that part of that scripture says. It goes on and it says, even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. But now, if you break here for a second, John 16, 13 that we read said that the Spirit will be told things by the Lord, and then the Spirit will tell who? You. So the Spirit knows things, it says here. Spirit knows things. Nobody knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. So he knows those things. And then he, in John 16, 13, he tells us that he's going to tell you those things. So he wants to. He wants to lead you. He wants to guide you. And as we've been praying, in a way, Father, that I can understand, help me come into alignment. Help me get closer to you so that I I know the leading of the Holy Spirit. We'll talk a little bit about voices and those kind of things maybe as we go. But it goes on and it says, Now we have received, not the Spirit of the Word, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But 14 is where this is important. It says, but the natural man does not receive things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Now, when you get off into the flesh, do you think you have a hope of hearing from God? Part of the reason, part of the reason, it says don't go to bed angry with your wife. You get, yes, amen. We know, mwah, you always give me a kiss. That's right. Because you won't hear, you can't hear from God. When you get into the flesh, you can't hear from God. Why? Because the Spirit, the voice of God, the leading of the Holy Spirit is discerned spiritually. So we have to be careful in the way in which we what? Live, live well. What did it say in Ephesians chapter 5? Be careful how you live. Why? Because there's going to be an opportunity for, there's going to be opportunities that are laid out before you, but if you're not walking in the Spirit, you'll miss them. If he told us and shared with us that that 2013 is a year of opportunity, not just in this church, but in your lives, 
You need to be walking by the Spirit to see those opportunities and to be able to walk in them. Or else you'll miss them. Are you dialed in? Proverbs 22.3. I've used this scripture a lot. The prudent person sees trouble coming and ducks. The simpleton or the fool, in other versions, walks blindly and is clobbered. Are you dialed in to his voice? I say W-G-O-D. I mean, if you're sitting at home and you're watching ESPN, you are missing the news. You're not getting it. Now, I don't care what you watch. I'm just saying, you know, you can't expect to know what the news is if you're watching ESPN. When you're in your car and you're listening to whatever, you can't expect to be hearing from God if you're not dialed into WGOD. We need to walk dialed in. We need to live dialed in. We need to pay attention to whom we are as believers. Pay attention to the word that he's showing us and teaching us. Pay attention to the leading of the Holy Spirit as he guides us. Part of fasting. That's part of, that's part of the fast. Why, why, why is that? To, to hone the edge, to sharpen the axe. You can go down there and club a tree with a, with a, a dull axe all day long. You'll eventually get through it. Or you can spend your time sharpening the axe and then go at the tree. You're much more effective with a sharp axe. Do you know the real deal? Do you know him? When you have counterfeit money, the way you find counterfeit money, it isn't by, by looking at the counterfeit, it's by holding the real. They teach bank tellers, they teach people in the Treasury Department, they teach all those people. If you want to know when there's a counterfeit bill, handle the real thing. There's too many wrong things. There's too many counterfeits out there. But there's only one real thing. There's only, only one real $100 bill. There's only one real Jesus. So there's only one real word. And as you be, that's why I say if you draw close to him in relationship and you know his word, then you're becoming close. You're getting to know the real thing, the real God, who he is, how he cares about you, how he has plans and direction for you. You, be, you be begin to follow him in a new way. You begin to Isaiah 55, right, where it says his ways, he says, his, my ways are not your ways. And my thoughts are not your thoughts. But I'll tell you this, as you draw closer to him, and as your relationship draws closer to him, his thoughts do become your thoughts. And his ways do become your ways. It's part of that honing process. It's part of that knowing the real thing. Isaiah 55, 8 through 10. Doesn't come natural, you've got to work at it. It's not natural, it's spiritual. Your natural man, in your heart, it says in, in Genesis 8, 21, I think, God was speaking right after Noah came out of the ark, and he said, man's heart is evil from the beginning. This isn't something that comes natural. This is something that's replaced by the Spirit of God in your heart. But you can revert back to that other one pretty quickly, can't you? Just have somebody cut you off in traffic. And then you know how quickly you can go back there. Have your kids say something to you the wrong way, or have somebody cut in front of you in a line at the store. You know immediately that you, you can go back to that place careful i'm not saying you're evil but what i am saying is we're all born into sin we're all born into the sin consciousness it's jesus christ that brings us out of the sin consciousness and into his consciousness takes us out of the death and brings us into life 
Paul said in Ephesians 1, and we've used this scripture before in August in here, 17 through 19, I keep asking the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, that he may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, not so that you can do other things. We talked about this August 22nd. Not so that you can do everything that you need to do, but so that you will know him better. Why? Because when you draw close to him, when you draw close to the real thing, you know it. And if we're going to be able to discern in this day, in this year, if we're going to be able to be led by his spirit in this year, we need to draw close to him so we know him better. Wisdom and revelation come with that. It says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and and his incomparably great power for us who believe. The word, man, that's the answer. Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is living, powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. It'll help you discern your heart, but it'll also help you discern the heart and the motive of others. Sometimes people come looking all like the flattery and all like the flower and all smelling good, but they're really a skunk. Right? They've dressed themselves up like Pepe Le Pew, and, and then they're going to you know, go around and try to win the lady back. But, but they're, in, the, in the end, Pepe is Pepe's just a skunk. We're older in here, so we know that cartoon. You, know, you say that over in youth, and they're like, what, who's Pep what? I don't know what that is. I don't have a clue. I haven't seen the good stuff. But it says that, that it is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. John 8, 31 and 32. Now remember, we're just talking about this idea that says, I got to get close to him so that I can learn the leading of the Holy Spirit, learn to hear his voice so that I can then begin to discern. Tell the difference between. John 8, 31, 32 says, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall what? Make you free. If you abide in what? In me, Jesus said. If you know who I am, if you sit with me, if you talk with me, if you share with me, when my wife calls me, I don't, have to, I don't have to say, who is this? And it's not because we have caller ID. I know her voice. Why? Because we're very close. We spent 23 years every day together. It's good stuff. That's good stuff. I like it. When we were teachers, we spent every day of the summer together. We didn't go other places. We didn't go off on two different lives. We did everything together. I know what she thinks for the most part, because it's not what I think. (laughs) I know what she would say. I know how she'd respond. I I just think what I would think, and then the opposite of that is her. So that's easy to figure out. But see, we began, we were close. We're close. Now, really, if you're ready to listen, these are, I got two or three things real quick, and then we'll pray. The first one is, really, in your life, you must, you must be humble. Humility is the only option to hearing God's voice. Humility is the only option to discernment. The only way you'll be able to tell between right and wrong, between the real and the fake, is walking in humility, not pride. Because pride is all about self and pride is about you. And learning to be led by the Spirit and being a discerner of spirits is all about Him, 
not you. God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble, James 4, 6. Psalms 25, 9 in the New Living says, now listen, this is important. We want to be led by the Spirit. We want to know the truth. We want to be in the right direction. Listen, it says in 25.9 of Psalms, He leads the humble in doing right, and He teaches them His ways. You can't get past humility. You have to remain humble. It's all Him and none you. When you get into a situation with another person and you're walking in pride, but you know you're right, and I'm just telling you what, God's going to vindicate me. Ah, see, you're starting to get into pride, even though you're right, and even though they're wrong. Be careful. The second thing, and the thing really that stuck out to me more than anything all day as I began to prepare for this, because I feel like this is something, we understand humility, I think, but the thing that is missing, not just in the world today, but in the church today, is a fear of the Lord. You must have and show a reverential fear of the Lord. Not scaredy cat, not knees knocking. But it's such a reverence and respect for him that the last thing you would want to do is disappoint him. We are so far removed from authority in the world today, we don't want anybody to be over us. Well, let me give you news, church. He's over us. There is a hierarchy in this. And if you don't follow that, there's no way you're going to be able to be led by the Spirit. There's no way you're going to be able to discern. And you're never going to come out of what you're in. That's the spirit of the world and the spirit of the Antichrist that thinks, I'm going to do whatever I want to do whenever I want to do it. Ho, ho, ho. Look out. I'm the pastor, but I'm not the, I, we have a board. There's a board of folks. You know, they're accountable to God and I'm accountable to them. And I mean, there, there's, a, there's a hierarchy of these things. Everywhere that you go, don't buck your boss. It's your boss. Well, they're wrong. That doesn't matter. They're your boss, and spiritually, they're the ones who are set in authority over you in that job and in that place. That's right. So if you don't feel like you're being treated right, or you don't feel like what's going on is right, then you seek God about allowing you to leave. Yeah. Don't you come against them where you are. Right. Sorry. Good. Extra. <laughs> Proverbs 1.7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of true knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of true knowledge. But fools reject it. Proverbs, or sorry, Psalms 25. There's a lot of scripture I told you today. 12 through 14. Who is the man that fears the Lord? Him shall God teach in the way he chooses. God himself shall dwell, that man shall dwell in prosperity, and his descendants shall inherit the earth. The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him. This is church. It's in summer camp. I'm not saying you can't wear what you want to wear. I'm just just saying you you, you can't. You come into his presence in your house, in your prayer closet. That's where he is, man. Reverence, respect. Put the cell phone on the table. Turn it upside down. Leave it over there. Why? You're going to interrupt your time. Sorry, God, hold on a minute. I got a call. That doesn't show much respect. Doesn't show much reverence. 
Verse 15 says, My eyes are ever toward the Lord, for he shall pluck my feet right out of the net. Discernment has to be a priority. You have to make the word and your relationship with Jesus a priority. I'm not saying the only priority. I'm saying a priority. Just like your wife and kids, they're a priority. Your job is a priority. And then what we do in this life is we learn to discern between the priorities where our time goes and what we do. The Holy Spirit leads us and guides us in those things. No one thing is your ultimate priority, I guess, unless you would say your relationship with Jesus is the most important thing that you have. But we have jobs and responsibilities in this earth. He doesn't want you to spend your whole day reading the Word and sitting in your house. The responsibility that we have as believers is to get out of our house and go win people to Christ. That's the responsibility we have. So don't make Him your total focus and only focus in your life. Oh, but that's good. No, it's not. Christian TV all those things on the internet, all that stuff. It is absolutely, I said there's a lot of noise in the world today. There's a lot of Christian noise in the world today. It allows you to be satiated. It allows your ears to be tickled because it's just words after words after words after words after words for you. Where's that going, baby Huey? Right? We just get bigger and bigger and bigger. Anyway, another one that's off the beaten path. I don't have time to read this, but, but go back and read Proverbs 2, 1 through 15. Actually, the whole chapter. But 1 through 15 and 20 through 22 talks about the difference that wisdom and knowledge make in your life and how it can change your life and how it takes you out of the, the web of the deceitful woman and it takes you away from the person who's cunningly coming after you and the, the knowledge and wisdom. Well, where did knowledge and wisdom come from? From the, the reverential fear of the Lord and walking in humility. Comes wisdom and comes knowledge. And then those things help you discern by the Spirit of God what's going on in the other people's hearts and in the situations that you face. Last scripture, Proverbs 4, 20 through 22. says, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. I remember the day that I heard this scripture for the first time. Sitting in the now two and three-year-old room with Diane Hughes as I sat on an ottoman and she sat in a chair. And something changed in my life. Something had, something had, all of a sudden, some, the word and my relationship with him became like, all of a sudden I realized I got a responsibility in this. I'm just not going to float into what God has for me. I'm going to have to seek him and search him. I'm going to have to know his word. But you know what it says? For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. And as you seek him, as you get close to him and you begin to find him and he begins to pour his word and his truth into your life, man, that changes who you are. From the inside out. Then as you begin to mature in Christ, you begin to learn not just his word, but his voice and his leading. And now you're able to start discerning between these things talk a little bit more about it next week as we go but today i just want to leave you with this thought you got to know the word and you got to know jesus it's got to be a priority in your life there's no way to hear his voice and understand who he is 
without having that time and that relationship. But if you will, if you do, I'm telling you, things start coming alive. You see things, and you wonder why nobody else can see that. Why can't anybody else figure this out? Why can't anybody else see this? This is is obvious. Because God's showing you something. We hope this message encouraged you. Victor Christian Center is passionate about sharing the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Jesus. Learn more about us at victorylafayette.org. If you don't know Jesus or maybe you've gotten distracted and stopped following Him, I'd like to pray for you right now. The most important decision you'll ever make involves accepting the love of Jesus and His gift of new life. I'd invite you to make this prayer your own and take this opportunity to begin to follow Jesus. God, I ask you to reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. I ask you to forgive the sin in my life that has kept me from enjoying a relationship with you. Give me a fresh start by changing my life and helping me to follow you from this point forward. I accept your love through Jesus and I commit to trust your plan for my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time, please get in touch with us and let us know. To learn more about Victory or to contact us, visit us online at victorylafayette.org.